Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Trashy Divorces. My name is Stacy. Hey, friends. I'm Alicia. We got a super fun mm-hmm. extra bonus surprise for you today here at Trashy Divorces. Stacy, you know I'm a fan of all royal dynasties. Oh, yeah. We're pulling one out of the Patreon vault. We just started a whole new series, Trashy Stewart's over there. We thought it might be fun today to reveal how we make it from the Trashy Tutors to the Trashy Stewart's. Stay tuned for that. One other thing to mention mm. before we get started in the latest of the Trashy Royals, we want to give everybody a quick reminder, we're doing a live show. Yeah, November 3rd. We're doing Trash Candy Confidential Live from the Trashy Divorces Studio. You can buy your ticket at moment.co slash trashy divorces. We got a whole special lineup planned. It's going to be amazing. Thanks to you who already have your ticket. We're really looking forward to it. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoy this Patreon bonus. If we're going to get to the Trashy Stewarts, what do we have to do? Go, go, go. Alicia, you're dipping your toes back in the royal stream. It's Trashy Royals time, y'all. Trashy Stewarts, it's a whole new dynasty sure, to explore. Sure. Uh, taking over upon the death of Queen Elizabeth I. Quite a week to uh, yeah. Oh, get yeah. into this story. Well, because I want to talk about Charles III, but you can't talk about Charles III until you talk about Charles, Charles I and, and Charles II, mm-hmm. which are in the Trashy Stewarts. So today... We're going to talk about how we get to the Trashy Stewarts. Sure. Because upon the death of Queen Elizabeth I in sure. 1603, it is King James VI of Scotland who becomes Jimmy I of England when he comes south mm-hmm. to claim his new kingdom. Was there dispute that, like, she had not named a successor? Is that correct? Welcome to this whole episode. Okay, We're great. Gonna, we are going to talk about how it lands with Jimmy and Amazing. who else it could have gone to. Okay. You're going to love it. So it is Jimmy that comes down south to London in 1603, where the Stuart dynasty will unite England and Scotland. This is what is referred to as the Union of Crowns from 1603. Now, the overall reign of the trashy Stuart time period, they will have a total of seven sovereigns over 1603 to 1714. Seven sovereigns, a total of 113 years in this monarchical period, including such historical fan favorites as the overthrow of the monarchy, the interregnum, mm-hmm. the restoration of the monarchy. Yep. We got Guy Fox. We got Shakespeare. We got witch hunting too. Oliver Cromwell. We got Oliver Cromwell. We got the Dutch coming in too with a lot of trashy. Sure. Not just with the rulers, but with the courts as they well. They brought gin. It's a thing we do around here talk trash. Now it's about the Stuarts. But how do we get to the trashy Stuarts? 
So my girl Taylor Swift writes about champagne problems. <laughs> but if Queen Elizabeth was going to sing you her song, it would be called Succession Problems. It's the biggest hit on Tudor Radio after Green Sleeves. <laughs> It's time to back up the carriage just a little bit in reference to your earlier question. We got to go back into the Tudors for this one for a refresher on what I like to call how the hell we ended up here. Now, the Tudor line and its claim to the crown, as we know through previous episodes, all of Trashy Tudors, is still a little bit dubious. Remember, Henry VII kills Richard III at the Battle of Bosworth to claim the throne for himself. And then, well, Henry VII, bad luck with the death of his son, Arthur. But, hey, no problem. We got a second son. We got a backup. And that backup, Henry, with six wives and only three legitimate kids upon his death. The thing I want you to know is that Henry makes a lot of plans about what will become of the Tudor crown, his dynasty, because, well, he's kind of obsessed with it. He... we've seen it, right? Lots of wives, gotta have a kid, gotta have a son. He was almost, Henry was, thinking of putting in his illegitimate son from Bessie Blount at one point in the line. Like, we know that Henry is boy obsessed. But I mean, that kid died as well, right? Correct. That's why he couldn't, yeah, so. But hey, Jane Seymour comes along, delivers Henry, his, his savior, so to speak, in the form of Edward VI, Fast Eddie. So Henry is naturally going to hand Fast Eddie the Six his crown when it's his time to go per the, wait for it, Third Succession Act, valid in January 1547 when Henry dies. Henry, did you get that? The Third Succession Act? Henry's going to sign three of these suckers. Okay. He's always changing his mind about who's in and who's out. Okay. Henry's played fast and loose with putting both of his daughters in and out along the way, along with others, including his sisters and their offspring. Although at the last stroke of his pen, Princess Mary and Princess Elizabeth are in the lineup. Who else is in the lineup or not in the lineup from Henry VIII? Okay, we need to spend a little time talking about Margaret Tudor, Henry's eldest sister. This is Margaret Tudor, Queen of Scotland goodness. Margaret and her descendants would be next in line just by natural right, except for all the being excluded by the three acts of succession from Henry. I want to refresh you on Margaret here. She is Henry's older sister. She is married off to the King of Scotland at the tender age of 13. This would be her husband, James IV. Margaret also comes with a pretty big dowry and is keeping the peace between England and Scotland at the time be- by becoming aligned in, in Right, marriage. right, right. <sighs> James is Scottish, and he has the Scottish way of doing things. Margaret comes to the country, doesn't really know the language. He also is a notorious philanderer. He has something like eight illegitimate kids by the time he marries her. It's the Scottish way. Yeah. I am kidding. I know we have Scottish listeners. I'm completely joking. These two eventually get it together, though. Margaret does have a son in 1512, Jimmy. This will be James V of Scotland. By 1512, Henry VIII has assumed kingship in England. He assumes in 1509. Oh, goodness. I don't know if you remember this, but it all goes pretty shitty for Margaret. 
Remember when Is she Henry kidnapped or something? No, and, okay, no, 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 no. Okay. someone else. Okay. Remember when Henry takes his crown and he wants to go be a big war fighter. And so he goes over to France for the fucking battle of the Spurs. It's the one battle that he wins. He loses everything else. But when he's over doing this nonsense, remember he leaves Catherine of Aragon sure. in charge. His wife. His yes, wife. The queen. Yes. As regent. And Catherine of Aragon takes that English army and goes and kicks ass. Sorry, Scotland. At <laughs> Flodden Field in 1513, killing 10,000 Scotsmen and Henry's sister's husband, James IV. Oh, wow. James IV has never been in battle. Like, he's not a battle-worthy king. It's just, just a one-and-done situation for him? Yeah, he doesn't do that anymore, and, like, it doesn't go well. Mm -hmm. Remember, this is the head of James presented on the plot. Catherine's really proud, and Henry's really angry. How dare you defeat Scotland and not have me have anything to do with it? I'm big mad. Okay. Big mad Henry is. Okay, so now Margaret Tudor, her husband is dead on Flodden Field, along with 10,000 other Scotsmen. And Margaret's like, really? Really, what the fuck do I do now, Henry? My sister-in-law just arranged the murder of my husband. I've been here 10 years doing everything I could. I've had a son. Like, I'm, I'm trying to do everything that daddy wanted me to do and you want me to do. But you've got to be fucking kidding me. Killing my husband. What's wrong with you? Things are great for Margaret within Scotland. As an English woman, she is named regent of her son until, only until she marries again. What she will do just to preserve her own self and gain a little bit of power, she's going to remarry Archibald Douglas, the sixth Earl of Angus. Uh, pretty soon after James's death, but Henry... Because of all this nonsense. Oh, also, Margaret Tudor comes at Henry a little bit later when he's trying to get a divorce. And she's like, you gave me all this crap when I tried to get a divorce. You are a big old hypocrite, man. Whatever. Mags and Henry not getting along great. Yeah, yeah. Henry's like, never, Margaret, will you or any of your descendants take any of my crowns. This is the one thing that remains consistent over every act of succession. Okay. It's all bad. It's tough for Margaret, right? It's tough for her to find a little bit of stability. It's tough when she rails on her stupid brother about the his own great matter. Like, Henry's mad, Margaret's mad, but Margaret will pass away in 1541. So she's not in direct line for contention to his throne because he doesn't pass away until 1547. But Margaret has two surviving offspring. One of those. Well, she does have six kids with James the Fourth, but only one survives infancy. Mm. That's James the Fifth, with Archie Doug, Archie Douglas, sixth Earl, of Angus. Earl of Angus. Mm -hmm. Great stakes, great, great yeah. stakes. Margaret Tudor does have one daughter. This is Margaret Douglas, Earl of Angus, really powerful, always causing trouble. Just want you to remember that. So he's British or Scottish? Scottish. Okay. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. By the time Henry dies, who is in and who is out? I feel like Heidi Klum on Project Runway. Okay. Jimmy V has a daughter, making her the granddaughter of Margaret Tudor. This is Mary, Queen of Scots. Right. 
Mary Queen of Scots is not Mary Queen of Scots yet. She's Mary betrothed to the French prince, but she's young. She's born in 1542. But Mary Queen of Scots, eventually, would be the first in line. Keeping Scotland out of it, Margaret Tudor also has that daughter, Margaret Douglas. This is Margaret's line. Like, not, it's Margaret Tudor, but not two cemented claims, right, per se. Right. Now, the thing I want you to know is that Margaret Douglas, daughter of Margaret Tudor, does have sons as well. The first of them, namely, Henry Stuart, Lord Donnelly, who is going to end up marrying Mary, Queen of Scots, after that French, after her French prince dies. Okay. So Margaret Douglas has now reinforced the Scottish part of her claim and the English part of her claim throughout Mary and Darnley coming together. Does that make sense? Sure. <laughs> well, she's the mother of the future king. I just mean to the extent that... um all of the intermarriage, blah, 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 claimant stuff is... Trying to keep it real high level. Incredibly tricky for an American to keep track of. Sure, it makes it makes sense. Okay, so that's Margaret Tudor's line right now. Okay. Is Margaret, Queen of Scots, her son potentially, Henry Lord Darnley. That's all floating around. But Henry has another sister too, and her name is Mary Tudor. Mary Tudor's the baby of the family. And Mary Tudor has descendants as well, not through royal blood. She's got the royal blood, but not her husband. Remember, Mary Tudor is Mary the French queen. She's sent over to marry the elderly French king who dies three months later. Mary has made an arrangement with Henry that I'll go do this for you until this guy's dead, and then I'm going to marry who I want to marry. And if I don't get to do that, I will go to a nunnery and or kill myself because I'm over you, brother. I was going to say this all seems very reasonable up until the I'll go to a nunnery or kill myself. I don't think she threatened to kill herself, but she was going to go to a nunnery. Like she, she's mad, big mad. And so without her brother's permission, mm -hmm. she will get the guy she wants. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the Taylor Swift song, Call It What You Want. She's going for Charles Brandon. Ooh la la. Charles Brandon is, I, you're the one that I want. She wants him. Let's go Charles Brandon. Yeah, he wants her. Now, she will have kids with Charles Brandon. Mm -hmm. Mary Tudor will, but problematically, they're girls. The ones that survive anyway. Mary, the French queen, will pass away in 1533, leaving two daughters. Now, these two daughters, Frances and Eleanor, are also excluded from Henry's will, but not the heirs of their body. They can't claim. Francis or Eleanor can't claim the throne for themselves, but their descendants through Mary's line are not struck out of the will. Interesting. Francis has three girls, Jane, Catherine, and Mary Gray. We've heard of the Gray girls. We've talked about the Gray girls mm -hmm. a bunch. Lady Jane Gray the becomes the... day exactly. queen. Yeah. Eleanor has one daughter, Margaret. Margaret Clifford. There's a lot of Margarets in the story, so I'm going to use last names just to make it as succinct as I can. Okay, none of that necessarily matters, but that's the backstory with who's left standing and what does the will say. But when Henry VIII dies, Eddie VI comes into play, and this is where we know it does get a little sticky when Edward experiences his own untimely death 
a little early in life, 1553. But Eddie, on the way out, Fast Eddie is a little fast and pulls the bamboozle, right? Because he's got his father's acts of succession. But him, but Eddie's like, nah, hell no. I know it's supposed to go to Mary and then to Elizabeth, but Mary is super Catholic and I am super Protestant and I don't want it to go to Mary. So I'm going to bamboozle and allow Lady Jane Grey, daughter of Francis, to be the queen. The whole nine days queen thing goes poorly. Again, we've covered that all for you. It's a big, long episode on Patreon for you, but it, it, it goes poorly. Yes, it goes, <laughs> it goes bad. So Edward VI and his device of succession still leaves out all the descendants of Margaret Tudor. He's keeping his dad's dream alive here. So Mary Tudor's descendants have precedence, but whoa, big problems, big troubles. After that nine days war, Mary I is put on the throne, and there she stays knowing Elizabeth, her sister, her half-sister, who she really doesn't like, can't really stand her, is essentially the option she has if she doesn't have kids, which she tries and fails. So, woohoo! Elizabeth I assumes in November 1558, and it is glorious in our eyes. Elizabeth coming in hot and fast at the age of 25 looking at all the damage that has been done to women just in what she has observed in her 25 years between her mother Anne Boleyn between her cousin Catherine Howard between her sister Mary the first all of it Elizabeth as we know pledges early that she will never marry she keeps that promise and in will instead say she's wed to the country of mm-hmm. England Famously keeping suitors worldwide, lined up, breathless for the thought, the hope, the possibility that something could happen only to be ultimately dashed. Hopes for not, because nothing is ever going to come of an Elizabeth I marriage. Not that that stops her from having a love affair with Robert Dudley. Sure. From the beginning of time, these two, they really do love each other, and I'm sad it couldn't have worked out. Um, Because he has right and a live wife and then a dead wife, mm-hmm. Amy Robsart. Yep. The original staircase murder. All of the ministers are having a fit. It is constant pressure on Elizabeth. Who are you going to pass the crown to? Who are you going to pass the crown to? What are you going to do? Interesting that these are not necessarily questions that live in the English monarchy, the British monarchy, any longer. Like, this stuff is set out. We can tell you yep. a line of a hundred people mm-hmm. that who's got the next best claim. Mm-hmm. Not at this time. Because Elizabeth's like, nah, I'm good. I'll tell you when it's time for you to know. Ministers don't like that. Yeah. They're having a fit. She's not going to name a successor. She's not going to marry. She's not going to have kids. And I want you to remember that Elizabeth's assumption of the crown means she's the last one standing from Henry VIII. Legitimately, anyway. She's got no brother. Eddie the Sixth is gone. Mary's gone. There are no heirs legitimately on either other side from Henry the Eighth. Now we have to enlarge the family tree a little bit. But, I mean, Elizabeth's not worried about it for now. She's 25. Succession problems are not quite the, quite the yeah, thing you think they are. Top of mind. Hey, Emin. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. 
It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, you talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Okay, so 25... Succession problems. It's sticky. Fresh as a daisy. Not worried about where that crown's going, because that crown's sitting on her head for decades. Well, and she wants to keep it there. Mm -hmm. And there are legitimately a lot of folks within England who do not think that Elizabeth's claim to the throne is valid. Remember that a lot of people don't think Elizabeth should be around anyway, and that the title should have gone to the Catholic Mary Queen of Scots mm-hmm. from Princess Mary. Sure. But remember, Mary Queen of Scots, excluded from all the wills because she's a descendant of Margaret Tudor. This is the one thing that never changes over 100 years. Hmm. Okay. Not only is Mary Queen of Scots excluded, all of her descendants are as well. Okay. Succession problems. I know. There are factions. Mm-hmm. Ministers are going out of their minds. Elizabeth, you got to get married. Who are you going to marry? And they all have their own plots for who they want Elizabeth to marry and why. But Elizabeth knows that a marriage for her shifts everything. Domestically, internationally, marriage would take away the power right. that she has. She decides instead to stay single and just manage what she knows, which mm-hmm. is smart does become a small problem when she is afflicted with smallpox in 1562 and almost dies, right? So this isn't the beginning of her reign. This is, what, seven years, four, four years out? Ministers, again, losing their minds. you got to decide, Elizabeth. you got to tell us who it's going to after you, and she won't. She just won't. It will go to who rightly deserves it the most, is sure. what she says. But the court's changing. So to be fair, the Henry VIII court years were tough on some families. The Seymours, 
the mm-hmm, Dudleys, mm-hmm. the Howards, the Courtney's are out at this point. The Staffords are on their way down. Like, if you manage to stay alive through the reign of Henry VIII, yeah, your yeah, family yeah. probably looks a little different at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. All those families, in whatever way they were up or down, have also had a lot of kids. And there's all kinds of court intrigue. And remember, Elizabeth remembers the bad times. She remembers that she was targeted throughout the reigns of her siblings, Eddie and Mary, with people setting Elizabeth up and court intrigue and plotting of bounds. Elizabeth got locked in the tower, for God's sakes. Remember, like, for all of her plotting. It doesn't get much more dour than that. So Elizabeth, number one, doesn't want to put anyone in the way of danger nor expose them to being swayed to overthrow her and her tenuous claim on the crown. She'll never say. She'll she'll never say who it's supposed to go to, just saying it should go to whoever, again, deserves it the most. Not that there aren't contenders. Holy cats. Because there are a lot of ways that this can go. Because now there's been yet another two generations of players Throughout the reign of Elizabeth I, working the pulleys and levers of the Tudor court, getting ahead through intermarriage and, well, treachery. By the time Elizabeth passes away in 1603, who's in and who is out? On the day of Elizabeth I's death, this is March 24th, 1603, Elizabeth's potential heirs are both from the lines of her father's two sisters, Margaret and Mary. Descendants of Margaret, Tudor Queen of Scots, excluded by Henry's will, include James VI of Scotland. This is the son of Mary, Queen of Scots. This would be Margaret Tudor's great-grandson. James VI of Scotland has married Anne of Denmark. He has three kids, Prince Henry Frederick, Prince Charles, Princess Elizabeth. We're going to talk about all those way more in the Jimmy won six episode next week, but James and his descendants are in line. So is also Lady Arbella Stewart. Oh, right. Who is the great granddaughter of Margaret Tudor through Margaret Douglas and Charles Stewart, Earl of Lennox. She got so fucked by history. 100%. There's a, friends, if, if you have joined us more recently than this week, Alicia told the story of Arbella Stewart in an episode a couple of years ago now, I think. Oh gonna, my god. I'm gonna refresh it here. I'm gonna refresh it. Oh my god. The Game of Thrones biggest loser. Like fucking sucks. Okay, go ahead. Okay. All of Margaret Tudor's descendants excluded by Henry's will. But Elizabeth privately thinks in her own brain that Margaret Tudor's line should win the Game of Thrones. She thinks they're the ones who deserve it the most. If she decides to ignore her father's final wishes. We now know that the crown ends up with James and his line. But let's go back and talk about Arbella Stewart even for a minute. Even before we get to Arbella, let's talk about Margaret Douglas. Jesus. Poor Margaret Douglas, the daughter of Margaret Tudor and... Archibald, Duke of Angus. Earl of Angus. Earl of Angus, the mother of Lord Darnley. Margaret Douglas has been in and out of the line of succession for generations now. You see her name as well as Margaret Clifford's. Like, there are a lot of Margarets that play in there. Margaret Douglas is like, you know what? Okay, it's too old to go to me now. But I can marry my son, Lord Darnley, to marry 
queen of Scots and my husband will be king and then they'll be sitting on the throne when Elizabeth finally does die and then we can assume the throne of England. I mean, this is Game of Thrones. <sighs> Margaret Douglas is also grandmother to James the Sixth. Now, Maggie Douglas and Elizabeth I have known each other forever, right? They're cousins. And Elizabeth has never forgiven <sighs> Margaret Douglas. She's Lady Lennox, Countess of Lennox, has never forgiven Margaret because Margaret was given precedence over Elizabeth at the court of Mary I. <laughs> okay. Not a, not Margaret Douglas's problem. It's just Mary I liked Margaret Douglas better than Elizabeth. And Elizabeth has never forgiven Margaret Douglas wow. for this slight. Wow. Okay. I'm glad that monarchs can still be petty. <laughs> oh, God, it's so petty. <laughs> it's so petty. But, I mean, I get it because, like, Margaret Douglas is kind of a schemer, right? Because in 1566, she's going to marry her son to Mary, Queen of Scots. And Lady Lennox, Margaret Douglas is thrown in the tower. Elizabeth's pissed. Like, oh, hell no. We don't, we're, no. Because Elizabeth knows what that means, right? They have a kid, James VI. He's coming in, right, eventually as King of England, but he's going to be James VI of Scotland before that at the tender age of one. Because remember in 1568, Mary, Queen of Scots, flees to England, taking refuge in the land of her sweet sister cousin who never gives her any refuge. That goes really badly. Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, is in, what, 15 years of captivity, never managing to meet her sweet sister cousin. But Elizabeth, not naming Mary Queen of Scots, actually, that's not true. She will name Mary Queen of Scots one time, and then that whole marriage thing ha happens, and Elizabeth's like, it's, oh, hell that's no. it, yeah. yeah. Mary Queen of Scots, though, even in captivity, that doesn't stop her from getting into numerous plots or setups, goes both ways here, to install Mary on the throne and get rid of Elizabeth and reclaim the country of England for the Catholics, because the Catholic and Protestant War still sure. rages on and people always gonna plot. Elizabeth I in 1587 will execute her sweet sister cousin, Mary Queen of Scots, leaving James, Mary's son, with the strongest claim at this point. Mm -hmm. If you aren't paying attention to Henry's will. Again, Elizabeth is gonna end up here because I think she started here. But going back to Arbella Stewart, can't forget about her. She's the granddaughter of Margaret Douglas, Countess of Lennox. She's the daughter of Charles Stewart. Here's the problem with Arbella. She's coming in with a few, uh, a few problems on the way in that don't have anything to do with her, necessarily. The first is that Arbella's father, Charles Stewart, married Arbella's mom without the Queen's consent. Hmm. So she's mad. Bold move, Junior. Right. Elizabeth's mad about that, also. Margaret Douglas is Arbella's maternal grandmother, but I would like you to remember, just remind you here, my favorite, who Arbella's paternal grandmother is, Bess of Hardwick. She of the windows, mm. Bess of Hardwick. And all the husbands and all the arranging of marriages for her four husbands and her kids and their kids. Bess of Hardwick, just to remind you as well, as Lady Shrewsbury, does keep Mary Queen of Scots in captivity for a lot of those years. And Bess of Hardwick was like a major, she was like the first 
a female real estate mogul mm-hmm. because she, she's the richest woman in England yeah, next to her, Elizabeth. Her, yeah, her rich husband's kept dying. Arbella's your girl, right? She's Protestant, though. James is Catholic. Two big-time grandmothers, Bess of Hardwick and Lady Lennox, Margaret Douglas. What's going to happen? Problematically, this is where Arbella kind of digs her own, digs her own hole here. Arbella wants to marry William Seymour. William Seymour is the grandson of Catherine Gray. So William Seymour is a descendant of the heirs of the body of the Gray girls. Oh, oh, oh but see, huh, descendants through Lady Catherine Gray are not considered legitimate. She's out. Because her marriage has upset. Okay, remember. Oh, my God. Oh, that's my juice. Catherine Gray marries without Elizabeth's consent in 1561 and is landed in prison. Catherine Gray is the one that still has conjugal visits in prison with her husband, who is a Seymour. So while she's imprisoned at the tower, Catherine Gray has two sons, Edward and Thomas Seymour. Stick around and you'll suddenly see more. The Seymours are all slug up at that. Is Elizabeth happy to be like, oh, let me give it to you, Arbella, who wants to marry a Seymour and go back to all that nonsense a hundred years ago? No. So here you've got Edward and Thomas Seymour. The marriage of their mother has been declared invalid by the sake of who their mother was, Catherine Gray. A lot of people, though, think that marriage, Catherine Gray's marriage, was good. But. Catherine Gray has some descendants. Edward Seymour. This is uh, Lord Beecham. He's the great-grandson of Mary Tudor. His mother is Catherine Gray. His grandfather is Edward Seymour, brother of Jane Seymour. Hmm. Okay, so if you're Elizabeth, you're like, really? This, This is my option? Also, I'm mad because you got married without permission. Also, I'm a little mad that you're the sister of the nine days queen that tried to threaten my... Like, it's all terrible. Okay, Lord Beecham, Edward Seymour, has lots of kids. Edward, William, Francis, Honora, Anne, and Mary. Lots of kids there that it can go with. Edward also has a brother, Thomas. Those are descendants. Those are possible. Because we always hear like, oh, she just left it with James. No, there's 15 other people that this crown could go to. So let's talk about the Earl of Derby line. Okay, this is not hard to explain, but it is hard to explain because I feel like we're almost done. This is a lot. I want you to remember the other Margaret, Margaret Clifford. Margaret Clifford is the daughter of Eleanor, sister of Francis, who who are the daughters of Mary Tudor and Charles Brandon. Okay. Okay. Margaret Clifford will marry Henry Stanley. His name is Lord Strange. He's the heir to the Earl of Derby. He will marry with, uh, she will marry, Eleanor will, Queen Mary's permission. (laughs) Eleanor has two sons, Ferdinando and William. This claim's a little further out, but you could get there if you wanted to. Ferdinando (laughs) is the fifth Earl. So he would be the great-grandson of Mary Tudor. He has a wife, Alice Spencer. Yes, from those Spencers. She grows up in, in the county seat of Althorpe. Those Spencers, Diana's relatives. Okay. All right. 
So through this line, Fernando has some kids, Lady Anne, Lady Frances, Lady Elizabeth, as well as William Stanley, brother of Fernando. So many claimants, so little time. So who's Elizabeth going to side with? Again, the claimant that she thinks has the best right or what her father's will dictates. E still can't pin her down. I'm flying in the wind. How do you solve a problem like succession? She is the crown. Deal with it, she says. She is going to stay single until getting pregnant is no longer an option. And now ministers, Robert Cecil, God. And Elizabeth's like, pound sand, buggers. I don't care. I'm not telling you what you want to know. This is how desperate Robert Cecil's getting by the 1590s. He's looked at all 14 people. The Clifford line and the Brandon line and the Stanleys and the Scottish. And like, no, Robert Cecil's getting M.A.D. He even goes expanding the family tree. Are you ready for this? Oh, my God. Robert Cecil's going to go all the way to Austria hmm. to look at Infanta Isabella Clara Eugenia, the Archduchess of Austria. Her claim is through... You're never going to believe it. Everything goes back to him. John of Gaunt. John of Gaunt. You got it. John of Gaunt's daughter through his first wife is Philippa. Blanche of Lancaster was John of Gaunt's first wife. They have a daughter, Philippa. She goes off and this is multiple generations Mm -hmm. later. There were many begats. Exactly. The Archduchess of Austria. Isabella is, oh God, (laughs) Four times great-grandchild of John of God. Okay. Now, quite beneficially, Isabella and her husband are already doing a co-ruling thing. She's married. She's married to Archduke Albert. And they not only co-rule over Austria, but the Spanish Netherlands as well. And the union of Isabella and Archie sort of settle things down in their area. So Cecil's looking at them like... Maybe we can even make a case for that. But alas, what's Elizabeth going to do? Never says, but when pressed, again, the person with the most right should inherit. 1603, Elizabeth dies, naming Jimmy. Jimmy Six, who's now going to be Jimmy One. Elizabeth says that only a king is fit to succeed a queen. Elizabeth is staying true to her. Mary, Queen of Scots, does have the best right. Robert Cecil has been aligning on the side of James as well, way more over Arbella, way more over other potential claimants. So Cecil's on Elizabeth's side in choosing James. Like no matter how many folks lined up and the games that they may play to get there in the Game of Thrones, like welcome to the English monarchy. It's factions and families no matter what time period you're in. Now, After everything that we just heard in between two recording sessions from Inman's big, thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. I want you to get the total irony of all of this. Okay. The, oh my God, Tudor dynasty just kills me. Okay. The irony of all of it, if no first act of succession or second act of succession or third act of succession had happened, And all the hundred years of history and all the machinations and all the power players and all the treachery, if none of that had ever happened. No wars, just letting things roll the way they do in the line of succession, drama-free, it would have gone to the exact same place. James. 
Henry VIII's plan to exempt his sister Margaret from ever getting close to the crown comes to naught. Henry wanted to damn the Scottish from his grave. But Henry, you're the one that did not get the last laugh in this. It was the beheaded husband of your sister, James IV, who gets the last laugh. Hmm. Like if nobody had done anything, it still would have happened exactly the same way. Because it would have gone to Henry's kids. Edward, Mary, Elizabeth, next in line, right? Awful lot of paperwork. Lot, yeah, for a lot nothing. Of, lot of, for nothing. A lot of trouble. That is how the hell we get to the Trashy Stewarts, my friends. We're going to open the next episode with the tale of Jimmy One slash Jimmy Six and his reign in England. Just, I, I, it's so weird to me, though, that they just let this dude whose big hobby at the time was burning women at the stake for being witches mm -hmm. just roll on into London. Yeah. Take over. Mm -hmm. Oh, you haven't even heard the half of it. Yeah, well. Oh, baby. Next week. No, next week is trashy Jimmy, man. I have learned some stuff about James. I know we talked about him mm -hmm. in the King James Witch Hunter, but that was a very specific lens. We're going to get into his story, Anne of Denmark's story, how sure. it, all of his lovas. Whoo, get ready. The first of our seven monarchs, Jimmy, is coming for you next week. Thank you for joining us today. I'm excited you're here. <laughs> get ready for the trashy Stuarts, because they are coming for you like a hot pot of grease or something. I don't know. I feel like you just basically enacted the meme of the guy with the red strings on the wall behind him, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like, I think it's just so bogus because everybody's like, there were no, there was nobody for the crown. It's bullshit, dude. You had dozens of people. They'd all just been excluded <laughs> by Henry or were junior in line over who should have been around. Mm -hmm. Yes. Welcome to the yarn and yeah. the index cards yep. that are in my brain. Yep. Yep. Now I've done it. I don't have to do that again. It's done. back with jimmy next week thanks y'all for tuning in clean hands trashy hearts thank you inman for your help as well always i love history guys uh until we talk again friends clean hands yeah trashy stewards mm -hmm. Ooh, it gets so bad i can't wait for this series big love everybody have a great day bye bye and thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly 
slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.